Season 1, Episode 19. On today's episode, I'm going to share about the importance of young people developing cultural ability and how you can help them engage in growing this outcome. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. As we prepare to talk about this outcome, cultural ability, I want you to know that I'm really going to give a broad brushstroke of what this outcome entails. We could spend many episodes talking about all the different cultures that young people will connect with throughout adolescence. I promise I have a future podcast episode already swirling around in my head, and no doubt we will have others that address youth culture. But for now, I want to welcome you back to our youth development construction site. I'm ready to pull out our last developmental outcome from our toolbox, cultural ability. When we hear the words cultural ability, we may not all have the same idea or sense of what that means. So the best place for me to start is offering a definition. The Advancing Youth Development Curriculum defines cultural ability as the ability and motivation to respect and affirmatively respond to differences among groups and individuals of diverse backgrounds, interests, and traditions. Before I start to break down what this definition means, I want to pause here and acknowledge that I know all young people have different experiences that can be impacted by their race, ethnicity, socioeconomics, disability, and so much more. I'm not naive to the reality that the access to services, opportunities, and supports vary among young people and can be negatively impacted by their differences as well. Today, though, I am not going to dive into these specific things. I want to build a foundation upon which we can grow our understanding of what all young people need in order to transition throughout adolescence and into adulthood. There will be opportunities in future episodes to discuss those experiences and how young people face things that are sometimes out of their control or limit their access to services, supports, and opportunities. But like I said, in this podcast episode, we're building a foundation for understanding cultural ability. So let's go ahead and look at that definition in a little more detail. We can see that differences are broken into backgrounds, interests, and traditions. Now you might be wondering why I jumped ahead to the second half of that definition. Well, in order to respect and respond affirmatively to differences, I really think we need to know what those differences are. So that's where we're going to start today. Number one, diverse backgrounds. We all bring with us diverse backgrounds that are connected to how we were raised, the environment in which we were raised, and who exactly raised us. And for teens, their diverse backgrounds are still forming while we are working with them. These backgrounds can include, but are not limited to, faith backgrounds, values, socioeconomics, family dynamics, language or languages spoken in the home, and even the role of women in the home. These examples of backgrounds that I listed here, I know there are more and there's some that I've not mentioned, and you have your own list. 
But the key here is these backgrounds are things that young people need to be aware of that people have different experiences in these areas than they may. Number two, diverse interests. We all bring with us a set of things that we're more interested in than other things. Our interests can be impacted by a natural inclination towards something, or maybe it's a skill set that we're really strong at. It can also be impacted by our access to opportunities, our environment, and even who is engaging us. These diverse interests can include but are not limited to sports, music, drama, writing, reading, building, creating. This list is certainly not an exhaustive list. There are so many different things that young people can be interested in. The key again here is to know that we don't all share the same interests. Number three, diverse traditions. We all bring our own set of traditions with us. Traditions may be religious in nature, ethnic, familial. They are impacted by our environment as well. In fact, many youth do not even realize what types of things make up traditions because we often don't talk about them. And since we don't discuss them much or even at all at times, Many young people do not realize why traditions are important. Traditions relate to belonging and membership. In episode 11, I talked about belonging and membership as a developmental outcome and why young people need to develop it. Traditions bond us together. They say we have something in common that separates us from others, meaning we belong because we all participate in that same tradition. And when these traditions are multi-generational and passed down, They hold even more power in making us feel connected and like we belong. Just take a moment and think about what traditions that you remember from your teenage years. In order to really understand what traditions that young people have, we need to ask them to tell us about those traditions. We ask questions like, is there something special that your family does every year? Or is there something that your family does that makes a certain holiday extra special for you? Just using the word tradition doesn't mean that they're going to know what we're talking about. So we need to be really detailed in breaking down that. And sometimes we even need to help them identify what a tradition might be. And sometimes a young person cannot pinpoint a tradition within their family, or at least they can't pinpoint a healthy one. I always tell young people that they get to create their own traditions. For example, when my dad was alive, he started bringing home one scratch-off lottery ticket for everyone at Christmas. He didn't love gambling, but he loved the fun we had in this moment, and it became his thing that he did for all of us. After my dad passed away, I picked up the continuation of this tradition. And that's the thing about traditions. It doesn't matter what types of traditions a young person has. They're looking to have something that helps them to belong and it needs to hold some meaning for them. Now, the key, the bottom line with these diverse backgrounds, interests, and traditions is to help young people see that there are lots of differences, and that's exactly how God made us. He made us unique in many ways. In fact, David writes of this in Psalm 139, 13 through 15, when he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. As the psalm continues, we see the intention of God. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 
Yes, God made us and designed us all uniquely, but we all share one major similarity. We were made in his image. Genesis 1.27 tells us, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This can be so hard for our young people to wrap their minds around. We were created uniquely and intentionally designed, and yet we're all made in God's image? How can that possibly be? And if we're being honest, even us as adults at times can lose sight of this or not fully comprehend it either. For me, to put it more simply, I see it this way. God made me in his image of love and light. I am meant to feel love and compassion for others just like he does. I am meant to be in relationship with others and form bonds and connections. Who I am is a part of who he is, and he is love. At the same time, God has gifted me with unique gifts and traits that I can use to bring him glory and honor. I can use these things to help others to know and grow in their relationship with Jesus. And for me, this is connected to my background, my interests, and my traditions. So when you're talking with young people about identifying differences in themselves and in others, I want to encourage you to bring it back to what God did for us, to connect young people to the fact that God loved them so much before they were even here on this earth that he had a plan and that he created them. He gave them unique talents and gifts to be used to help others be loved and to bring them closer to Jesus. Regardless of our differences, we all have that in common. Now, if we go back to our definition of cultural ability, it tells us that it is the ability and motivation to respect and respond affirmatively to differences. The first part of that definition is respect. Young people need to have an ability and a motivation or a reason why they should respect differences, to respect people who look, think, and act differently from them. So how do young people develop this ability to respect these differences? First, there has to be an exposure to differences. It wasn't until I attended college that I truly began to understand the vast differences in people and came to appreciate and value these differences. While I didn't agree with everything or everyone, I did believe in a person's right to be who they were, to be who God created them to be. In other words, I didn't need them to be a carbon copy of me. And I firmly believe that my faith in Jesus and knowing who I was and that I was designed by God allowed me to more easily grow this respect for the differences in others. As a youth worker, we want to figure out ways to continue to engage young people in diverse cultures and experiences. We want to let them see a world beyond themselves and to connect with people who have different life experiences than they do. In order to respect differences in others, you must first understand what those differences might look like. There can also be a lack of understanding of what those differences are and why there are differences. We need to have difficult conversations at times about why some young people are treated differently than others. We need to discuss why some youth have different resources than others as well. Our young people are bright enough to be able to have these types of conversations waiting until they're older or until they're adults, just keeps them from growing this respect for differences within themselves and with others. And honestly, there can simply be a fear when somebody experiences something different. 
For some people, there's a natural reaction when somebody looks, speaks, or behaves differently from them. And when people experience fear, they can then act in a way that isn't rational and lacks compassion or understanding. We want to talk with young people about asking questions to understand differences so that we can remove fear and grow respect. So what exactly is a youth worker's, a parent's, or a caring adult's role in helping young people cultivate respect for differences in others? Honestly, our role is to engage them in seeing those differences, to teach them to ask questions, and to grow a desire to learn about the differences, and to model what respecting differences looks like. As a parent, one way to see and experience differences is to volunteer in your community as a family. As a youth ministry volunteer, if everyone in your group looks the same and has a similar background, you have to figure out ways to engage them in different cultures. Sometimes, honestly, it means that we have to step out of our own comfort zone as an adult. Consider connecting with other youth groups, community youth programs, or even the juvenile justice system. When we can intentionally engage young people in cultures outside of what they are most comfortable with, that will help them to grow this developmental outcome. I do think it's important to also note that we need to explain to young people that respecting differences doesn't mean that we like or that we agree with another person, their beliefs, or even their behaviors. It just means that we value their right to be different and to be who they are, and that we acknowledge that God made us all different. Another part of respecting differences is removing judgment. Whether that judgment comes out of fear or a lack of understanding, we need to make sure that we're not judging someone because they're different from us. When we find ourselves moving towards judgment, we need to pull ourselves back. The second part of the definition is affirmatively responding to differences. And sometimes that's the harder part. We've all seen or have personally experienced the rolled eyes or the physical distancing that can come as a result of differences. Someone backs away from you or just stares at you, making you uncomfortable. Maybe the judgment is verbal or much worse. First, I think we need to point out when we see young people treat others this way, or if we catch ourselves having this gut reaction, we need to call ourselves out as well. Now, we are not doing this in a way to belittle or shame someone. We are just making it known and giving that person the opportunity to see it in themselves and even change their reaction. Second, it's healthy to ask questions about differences that we experience. We can teach young people to ask questions that are not negative or judgmental, but come from a place of genuine interest in understanding the differences. Sometimes we as the adult may have to ask those questions to get the conversation started and to model that. Thirdly, it's the old adage of if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If a young person is unable to be respectful and to be affirming in their response, it's better for them to not say anything. We know words carry power and can cause harm. In this instance, it is important for us to remind the young people that responding affirmatively does not mean we agree with their behavior or actions. Finally, and maybe most importantly, It's important to engage young people in conversations that allow them to process their observations, their feelings, their reactions about what happens when they're exposed to people who are different. 
We want young people to be able to say aloud what they're thinking, what made them uncomfortable, why they acted a certain way, or what they still don't understand. Different doesn't mean bad. And when we can encourage young people to talk about that, we're going to help them realize that developing cultural ability really is about understanding and building relationships. We build those relationships not based on our differences, but based on truly getting to know and care about the person. And when they have this opportunity to take time to reflect, that helps to grow that relationship and respect for others. When we talk about cultural ability, we are talking about differences that span across all ages, races, economics, backgrounds, interests, and traditions. The key in this definition is that youth are able to respect and respond affirmatively to those who are different than they are. Throughout history, people have been treated poorly or not valued because they hold a different viewpoint or they just themselves are different than someone else. In our world today, we're at a unique time where social media tends to point out the differences or creates a platform for shaming people for being different or believing different than others. As our society continues to grapple with this, we need to build our young people's understanding of faith Jesus, and how their identity is truly in Him. When young people can understand and appreciate differences from a faith perspective, then they really will have developed this outcome in a way that is lasting and far-reaching. And this will help them grow a relationship with Jesus that will carry them throughout adolescence and into adulthood. Like I said earlier, I could film many podcast episodes with talking about cultural ability, But it's time to put this developmental outcome back in our youth development toolbox. As we wrap up today, I want to encourage you to continue to think about this outcome and ways in which you are already engaging young people, and maybe even come up with some new ways that you can help engage young people in developing cultural ability. I hope you will join me for our next podcast episode, where I will look back at our youth development blueprint and the time we've spent here at this youth development construction site. We have a lot of work ahead of us in terms of figuring out our best practices and how we can help young people take some ownership and lead their own development process and become exactly who God intended them to be. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.